This week, we saw temperatures plunge in Michigan. And in these below-freezing times, it's hard not to think about our housing-insecure neighbors, folks who may be living outside or in their cars. The reality is, this problem is not slowing down. Homelessness in our state and across the nation has continued to be on the rise. Today, frigid nights and a forbidding housing market. We're taking a look at what's happening with homeless services in West Michigan. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. Mel Trotter Ministries in Grand Rapids offers a variety of services for housing insecure folks living in West Michigan. And the organization's been preparing for the cold winter since October. This last week, we have been able to open up our overflow warming center, which is during the day. So we're serving and seeing anywhere from 150 to 200 individuals at any time just in our warming center uh, for folks that are trying to get out of the elements. That's Adrian Goodstall, the president of Mel Trotter Ministries, and our guest today. Is that more or less than you would expect in January or just about where you you would think the numbers would be? Yeah, I think it's just about where we would think. However, I do want to mention, and I think it's important for the listeners to to hear that homelessness in our state and across the nation has continued to be on the rise. So while in the wintertime, we can kind of look at trends to see how many people that may choose to stay outside in warmer weathers will come inside during the, the cold weathers, we do continue to see a steady increase, even in the summer months, of the number of people that were serving in our in our shelter and in our um, day center. What happens when a shelter or a warming center reaches capacity? Are there other places that you can reach out to to see if they can to see if they can help folks out right now? You know, I say in West Michigan, one of the wonderful things about working in the nonprofit sector in West Michigan is that we truly do partner and collaborate with our other service providers. You know, we say it often that homelessness is not a one agency um, problem, so it needs to be a community solution. So we partner really closely as we're kind of prepping for how many beds we're going to need versus how many beds other shelters have capacity to take. And we just work closely that way. So I will say that Mel Trotter Ministries, um, we're the largest uh, shelter provider here in, in West Michigan, and we are the only single men emergency shelter. So unfortunately, when we do get at capacity, there isn't necessarily another shelter that can take in men. So we work really closely again with our uh, other homeless uh, service providers, as well as our HOT team, which is the homeless outreach team, uh, which is made up of our city first responders. So we try and do the best that we can to serve as many people as we can and um, lean on each other for resources. Adrian, West Michigan is no stranger to heavy weather in the wintertime. I keep thinking, though, about how over the past decade, the city's housing market has seriously tightened up. How has this affected the people that you serve? Yeah. So again, I think that's another kind of, you know, maybe misunderstanding that the general community doesn't recognize that actually we're seeing more first-time homeless than we ever have before. So, you know, of course there are those that have long chronicity who have been homeless for many, many years, but, you know, mounting reasons for for this, uh, you know, the housing market, affordable housing not being as available, the pandemic, certainly there were a lot of resources that were poured 
into communities to help people who were just one paycheck away from becoming unstably housed to maintain their housing. All those resources are now gone. And so we are seeing people who, again, are just that one life incident or one paycheck away where they can no longer afford their rent because they're already house burden, cost burden on their rent anyway. So we see more families and more single individuals showing up that have never experienced homelessness before. I read that late last year, Mel Trotter and several other homeless service providers signed on to a public letter that was warning about the challenges of meeting this need to shelter unhoused folks in Grand Rapids during the winter months because of funding shortfalls, because of worker shortages, in addition to that increased need that you've been talking about. Where do things stand on those issues for you right now? Did you receive any any kind of response that you could share with us? Yeah. So again, I think for us, it was really important for the broader community to know that we are doing this work together, but we can't do it alone. And that it takes a whole entire community across all sectors, right? Whether it's nonprofit, businesses, government, to come together to really help move the needle forward on people experiencing homelessness. And so it was bringing awareness and it was doing a call to action from the collective body who's doing this hard work. And I think that what what did come out of that, while there might not have been lots of funding that came our way, what did come out of it, which was awareness for, again, that broader community that might just not know really the challenges that our um, service providers face each and every day to try and serve our community's most vulnerable. So we still, again, we stand united to say, hey, we want people who want to partner with us in all sorts of different ways to please, you know, call to action, reach out to us. And so we're continuing to kind of push that narrative forward with the collective letter that uh, was sent out late last year, I think around in November, December, we sent that letter. Staffing shortages have become the new normal at so many for-profit and non-profit uh, businesses and, and services over the past couple of years. Do you see a short-term answer to that problem? You know, creativity, <laughs> quite honestly, I think, right, you have to look at it from, okay, we've got to think outside of the box because, again, every sector is, you know, facing that staffing shortage. And so how do you get creative and, and do recruitments along the way, right, to continue to retain and recruit high-quality staff? But what do you do in that short term? So we have really gotten creative and partnered with our Grand Rapids Chamber of Commerce, actually, and we've been able to get some volunteers that work already kind of in the security space, uh, we've been able to say, hey, salaried staff that are already here working at Mel Trotter, what would it look like for you to pick up a couple of extra hours in some of those um, staffing gaps uh, and pick up extra money? And so, you know, kind of keeping it in the family, if you will. Um, so that has been really helpful. And then again, right, nonprofits cannot do the work that they do without volunteers. And so we're always recruiting volunteers to help, you know, to help fill in the, the need uh, to serve as many people as we can. We need to take a break. When we come back, we get into what you can do if you see someone who may need help in this cold weather.
Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Support for the stateside podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. Adrian, what kinds of things do people end up doing to survive in these temperatures? I, I guess there's maybe not one answer to this, but where do they go when the shelters are packed or when they don't feel comfortable coming forward? for help at the shelter? That is kind of the loaded question. And the question, quite honestly, that keeps me and our other staff and other partners up at night, because there isn't one answer. The answer is housing, right? We need more housing. And so that's a long-term solution that our community is working towards. But what do we do when it's 10 below and we've got people that are unhoused? We have a full-time outreach team. They're out in the community. They've already built uh, those relationships with a lot of folks that are unhoused, living in encampments or living under the bridge. And they have been continually every day going out and saying, hey, right, like we're encouraging you to come inside. And for a multitude of reasons. Some people, because of mental health issues and challenges, choose to not come inside. So we're doing wellness checks to make sure that they've got the warm gear that they need, certainly making sure they know where all of those resources are, where our warming centers are in our community, and really just continuing to just be as proactive as possible to reach as many people that are unsheltered during this time. Do you have any insight into what our hospitals are experiencing with such a such a wave of frostbite and hypothermia and other conditions presenting yeah, so we actually um, we're very we work very closely with our healthcare um, entities, and and so we have nurses on staff, and they will work closely uh, to make sure that if there are people that are presenting that come to shelter or our warming center that look like they may need medical attention because of you know early onset frostbite and things like that, we can see them in our clinic on site at Mel Trotter, so we're not sending them unnecessarily to the ED, or that's not the the best use of resources. However, I say that, that, you know, our healthcare systems are very, very open and they do a lot of work with the vulnerable community, um, especially Trinity Health of Grand Rapids, which is right up the road from us. So we just partner um, to make sure that those, you know, medical needs and, and you know, the mental health needs of individuals um, are all being uh, addressed and cared for. The need for shelter is obviously more urgent in the wintertime because it is dangerous and even quite literally lethal to be outside for very long. But pulling back and looking at the bigger picture, what would make a difference to get people into the stable housing that you were talking about and helping them stay there so that they aren't faced with trying to find overnight shelter in the cold, in the cold winter months? I mean, I tend to think of longer term solutions like there's there's more high end housing built because that's what the market will afford and then more spaces end up opening up eventually lower on the ladder but it seems like it takes a lot of moves and a lot of time before those affordable units are available 
Yeah, you're right. And and that's the thing. I think as a community, we are doing a really good job of saying, okay, like, you know, when we think about kind of the spectrum from, you know, emergency to stably housed and everything in between, we know that stably housed is going to require a major increase in our affordability uh, of housing inventory in our community, right? But we also know while we're working towards that, we need to make sure we have emergency shelter beds available for, for our communities most vulnerable. So we're doing these two things in tandem. And I will say that our community um, over the last year has been leading the charge uh, through Housing Kent, where they have been doing a really deep, thorough dive and analysis to say, what does our Kent County need for housing? And what is that strategic plan of how we're going to get there, right? It's not an, it's not a magic wand. We know that every community across the nation is, is struggling with affordable housing. So what can we do in the meantime? Well, and I can speak on, on, on behalf of what Mel Trotter does, is we have partnered with um, an entity who has rehabbed um, some housing for us. And so we're able to provide transitional housing for individuals. It gets them out of shelter. It continues to give them supports that they need while they get their footing and work towards getting into a more permanent um, housing situation. So that's one solution. And I think shared housing, right? Not everybody wants to be in their own, you know, one bedroom, two bedroom apartment. Maybe they want to do some shared housing. So I think we have to be creative and we have to think more broadly about what that housing, that housing inventory and that housing stock plan looks like for, for our community, which we've been doing. And, and we're going to keep on, uh, you know, keep on that direction to, to meet the need. If someone's concerned about a neighbor who's, who's living on the street, what do you recommend that they do? You know, I think be familiar with your resources in your community. I mean, certainly 211 is kind of the national number that's easy to remember to call to see what resources are available. Our 211 system here in Kent County has real-time data that they can click on to see if there are bed availability at our shelter. So I, you know, that is helpful for people. And and again, I think just as a community member to just be aware of what those um, resources are available so that if you do come across somebody who, you know, is on the street or is in need of a service, you can kind of guide them to that, to that uh, particular resource. So I, I think that we want to be good stewards of our overall, you know, systems in terms of the first responders and the EDs. But certainly if there's something that looks so grave or you really are very concerned about an individual, you know, call, call 911, call the police department to have them come and do a wellness check. We so often talk about this just in terms of these terrifying times when it's really, really awful out and really cold. We talk less often about what long-term recovery means for people who, who have been living outside. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've observed? Yeah, you know, I, I say this. I think that people who uh, have lived, you know, unhoused for a, a, a length of time, they have such resilience and they, you know, they just want to be given that opportunity to thrive, but might not know how to take those first steps because they're living in trauma. 
And so, you know, I think it's just important for us to not give up on people, to know that everybody has value. Nobody wants to be homeless. Nobody wants to be living in poverty, right? And some people just don't have never been awarded those um, same opportunities. And so for us, we look at a person as a whole and say, what is it that you vision for your life and how can we help you get there, right? And it may be very little baby steps for them to get there, but we continue to just walk alongside them and make sure that they're kind of driving their own destiny, if you will. And we have seen great success. You know, we had over 272 people that we housed last year. We've had over 180 people that have maintained or obtained and maintained employment. So there is great things that are that are happening, not just at Mel Trotter, but I think across, uh, uh, you know, many of the nonprofits in our community. So we have to keep that hope, right, to say, yes, like there's some challenging times, but there's also some really great things that are happening and people are moving out of homelessness never to return. Folks that come through one of our programs, um, 87% of them do not return back to Mel Trotter um, after a year. So we know that people are, are moving forward and that's, that's the encouragement that we want to share. Adrian Goodstall is the president of Mel Trotter Ministries in Grand Rapids. Adrian, good talking to you. Thanks for your work. Thank you for having us. And that's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Bear. You can find full Stateside shows at michiganpublic.org. Today's podcast was produced by our podcast editor, Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on the show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kapansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our interns are Olivia Meradian and Laura Neong. Our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. Music for the pod comes from Blue Dot Sessions and from Audio Network. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.